Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Us Christian workers have it hard. The Bible says we work for two different bosses, at least. But it also gives us hope because it tells us how to do that and what we get when we do. We'll tell you all about that and more. Yes, you heard that right. As Christians work for two completely different bosses. And sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it helps to get through your work day or to get through your work day with a difficult boss. <laughs> but in this episode, we're going to give you a whole lot of info on how to work for any kind of boss, both of them. Yes, both of them. I'll tell you about that here in a little bit. But first, I want to remind you that I did do a podcast series similar to this, oh, maybe a year and a half ago. So go back through the archives, which you'll find online, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and look for a podcast series called Improving Your Job. And there are several episodes there about how to improve your job. There's even one about how to work for a difficult boss. This is a little bit different. We're going to talk about those two bosses, and we're going to talk about the who, what, where, and why of working for a boss. You know, this concept of having to always work for a boss, even if you work by yourself, you have a boss. It does apply to every worker. Every worker works for somebody, whether it be the bank or a customer or just God, <laughs> you working for somebody. So we're going to talk about how to do that. So our context today is Ephesians 6, 5 through 10. I'm going to read it just so that you have it fresh in your mind. Then I'm going to ask for who is the subject, what is the context, where is the focus, and why do we do this? Why are we to work for a boss in this certain way? Bond servants or workers, be obedient to those who are your masters or your bosses, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or a free person. And you, masters or bosses, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master, your own boss, also is in heaven, and there is no favorites with him. How many of you loved English class? Probably not very many. Me either. <laughs> but I sure wish I'd have paid attention better because after writing several books and countless blog posts and devotionals over 30 years, I wish I'd have paid attention a little better. But here's what I want to do now. If you were in English class, you would read a paragraph or something and the teacher would say, okay, who is the subject? What is the context? Where is the focus? And why was this passage written? So who, what, where, and why? So can we do that here now? 
Sorry to bring up bad memories of English class, but here, we're going to do that here, okay? So who is the subject? What is the context? Where is the focus? And why is this passage written? Okay. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no favorites with him. Okay, so who is the subject? The subject is you, the worker, the Christian worker to be specific, in any arena of work or in any job. And also notice this passage isn't gender specific. It's to both men and women. And it isn't to age specific, although I'm sure it doesn't apply to, you know, children. <laughs> but still, whether you're 18 or 81, you're still to be working in some capacity, because it also isn't saying how many hours that you're supposed to be working. It's just saying that you should be working. It's assuming that every Christian works, you know, does some part to fulfill the first command given to us people, which is found in Genesis one twenty-eight that says to be fruitful and multiply. And that is insinuating working. It means go work, improve things make things better, make stuff, make life better for other people, or provide support or safety for those who do. <laughs> it means you're supposed to work. And everyone has a boss. Comes from that passage too. So everyone is to work and everyone has a boss. So what is the context? Well, that's easy. The context is working and how to act toward your boss. And then in the latter part of the passage, it's how should a boss act toward their employee? So where is the focus? The focus is on your boss. Both of them. Yes, it tells in this passage you have two bosses. One is your earthly master and the other is Jesus Christ himself. God, you work for God too. Why? Why is this passage written? Because you are known as a Christian to your co-workers and maybe your customers. I hope. I hope they recognize there's something a little bit different about you. In a good way, right? Yeah, they may make some snide remarks or whatever, but you're still known as a Christian. And you follow a higher authority and have a little bit better moral values, I would hope, than... Other co-workers who are not Christians. So it's saying to work as if working for Jesus and work really well to your boss to make Jesus look good and to maybe even stand out a little bit in your place of employment so that somebody can come to you and say, you're a little bit different. Why is that? And then you've got an open door to share the gospel. Isn't that cool? 
So it's also saying that you work as if Jesus was there in your cubicle, standing right behind you as you're typing away. Or maybe he's across the assembly table. Or maybe Jesus is your customer. Bam. (laughs) How would you treat customers if you knew it was Jesus, the creator and sustainer of the universe, the word of God, as John chapter 1 says Jesus is? I think your conduct would be at its very best. You'd bring your A game, right? (laughs) Your work would be consistent. First of all, you'd show up on time, maybe even a little ahead, and maybe you worked a little bit harder, gave all you had, maybe even stayed a little bit later and made sure everything was good and cleaned up before you left. Maybe... You worked wholeheartedly toward that coworker, Jesus, or that customer, Jesus, with some sort of a more inner motivation, wouldn't you? A little more oomph into your, into your job, into your quality of work. And that's another thing. Your quality would be top-notch. Top-notch. A little bit better than normal. That's how we're supposed to work all the time. And it's how we're supposed to work toward our earthly boss. Okay? The guy or gal who has been placed in charge of you may be intentionally put there by God on purpose for a purpose. Who you work for. Or the customer that walked in the door. We're not only talking about a frame of mind here. But we actually are working for Jesus because he works through us. He gives us strength and our glory is focused on him to make him look good. That's what every employee does is endeavor to make your boss look good. Whether you get the credit or not, you are to endeavor to make your boss look good. Your earthly boss and Jesus. You're thinking, no, that, that doesn't apply. That, that's not what this passage is saying. Okay, well, let's go back and look at it again. Let me read this again, and I want you to count when I read this. And I'll read it fast. Count how many times Jesus is mentioned, Christ is mentioned, or God is mentioned. Okay? Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. And you, masters, do the same to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. There is no partiality with him. How many did you get? I got seven. Seven references to God in one way or another. Now, by contrast, and to be fair, how many references are there to an earthly boss here? I count three. So, seven references to God, three to men. I think the focus is more than double here, you know, towards God. That's who we're to work for. Yes, to our earthly boss, but by extension, God. 
and more specifically, Jesus. <laughs> I was talking to a pastor just this past Sunday as we uh, attended a, a church that we're visiting in the area here in Cottonwood, Arizona, where we are right now for a bit. And I was talking with the pastor, and I asked something about, you know, is, are you the senior pastor here? And he replied, no, I'm not the senior pastor here. I'm the pastor here, but the senior pastor here is Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Come back. <laughs> and where to take that to, you know? It's like, hey, Kevin, who's your boss? I haven't met your boss yet. Who is your boss here? Well, my boss is Jim and Jesus, <laughs> whatever, you know. <laughs> okay, so maybe some of you by now are, are saying, yeah, I, I know, I, I got it. But thank, thanks so much for the reminder, Kev. Some of you might be even saying, okay, this is one area. Is there any other passages to tell this to? Because you say everything important in the Bible has uh, two or three witnesses. You'll read it two or three other places, or at least one other place, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So when you think of the Bible characters in the New Testament, who was probably the one that comes to mind when you think of a worker, a hard worker? Peter comes to my mind. He was a fisherman. He worked nights and at some point he even started working on the Sabbath <laughs> to make ends meet or, or whatever. And when he felt really bad, when he denied Jesus three times and Jesus died on the cross. He went back to work, back to his job. That's what he knew best. He, he was good at that. He was known as the hard worker. But let's see what he has to say. 1 Peter 2, verse 18 through 20. Servants, or slaves, or workers, okay? You workers. <laughs> Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh ones. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief and suffering wrongly. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Wow. Powerful words coming from someone who's been there and done that. Someone who has worked hard. Again, that's 1 Peter 2, 18-21. Read that yourself in your devotional times. <laughs> who else comes to mind in the New Testament as a hard worker, someone who doesn't give up, someone who keeps trudging along, even when he's in prison more than once, or beaten, or stoned, or whipped, he still kept working. That'd be Paul. Let's see what Paul has to say then. Yeah, I know Paul wrote this passage in Ephesians, but he also wrote something similar to a different church that may have had some people in there that were saying, you know what? God will take care of me. I don't have to work. Or I'll let someone else do the work and I'll kind of get what I need from them. We're better than others, so we don't need to work. 
So that kind of thinking in one form or another, to one extent or another, was going on in two different churches. So Paul wrote two letters. So for the sake of time, uh, we'll just read one of them here. And it is Colossians 3, verses 22 through 24. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So you can see there's another example of how this is an important concept. In fact, it's a command. We are to work very well toward our earthly boss and our spiritual or heavenly boss, Jesus. As if Jesus was right there working with us, right? (laughs) I think someone might have had a question, because I did, when I was first hearing this passage. So, Kevin, can you go back to that Ephesians 5 passage and read that first part again? There's a word in there I I, I want to ask you about. Okay. Uh, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and... That's it. According to the flesh. Kevin, I thought we're supposed to live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Why is that there? Oh, I'm glad you asked, because I thought so too. So, I really looked into the original meaning of the word there. It just simply means this. Let me read it in the way that it would have been originally written. Okay. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters here on earth. Okay. That's what it means here on earth, in person, following their rules here on earth, okay? Being obedient to their rules and them. Now, of course, if they ask us to do things that are direct contrary to Scripture, we kind of have to take an issue with that. But when they say do this or do that, we say yes, sir, or yes, (laughs) ma'am. That's all it's saying right there, okay? Now, there's one other thing that is at the end of this passage. I just read Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, but verse 10 really points to this and is a great help. So let me read that, okay? Let me just read the last verse just as as a refresher here or so, and then right into the verse 10. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also was in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yeah, that applies to that, okay? How do you be a good worker towards your boss when your boss isn't very good? And you can't actually see Jesus? All you can see is your earthly boss? And it's really hard? Well, Paul says, fellow Christian... Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, the Lord's power, the strength of His Spirit, and the force of biblical truth is very helpful here. Okay, Remember, you're probably placed there with a difficult boss to be an example of Christ for him or her. And if God is going to give you that task, that responsibility, He's going to give you the tools to accomplish it. You have to put forth the effort, but he's going to give you the tools to do it, including strength, including 
his strength. And you get that from reading his word by reading the Bible before you go to work each day and then applying scripture there to your job. Maybe in a difficult working environment to be an example of Christ there. To point people to Christ there. You have a bigger duty than that particular job you're doing. You have a bigger boss that you're trying to point to and work for than the one that you have here on earth. Okay? I'm sure you got that now. But there is some incredible passages that will give you strength, and we'll talk more about those here in the future, including, I'm going to do a podcast, a couple of them from now, on the four passages in Scripture, or the four verses that every Christian worker should have memorized. should be able to spout them right off. So pay attention here in a couple weeks for that one. And then after that, we're going to do a series on how to be strong in the Lord. We're going to cover the Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 or so about how to do that in your job, how to specifically have strength in your job. We're going to do that. Many of you have seen or attended my class with the PowerPoint presentation. It's six 45-minute sessions on how to be strong in the Lord. And if you have, this will be a refresher. If you haven't, Get in contact with me through my website, bluejeanschristian.com, and maybe we can work it out so we can do this seminar class on how to be strong in the Lord at your church. And remember, this is so much more than a sermon because it's all about practical application of Scripture to your job or your daily life. And even more specifically, how to be strong in this new environment we're in, this new political climate or this environment that is very hostile towards Christians. So in some near future podcasts, I'm going to take just little bits and pieces or elements of that and talk about it during this podcast. Again, if you've attended my class on that, it has been helpful, right? You have become stronger as a result of what you learned from that class, right? Your life is better, less stressful, And you're able to withstand the wiles of the devil, right? (laughs) Good. I know you have because so many of you have said that. And praise God for that. Because it's all from him. We just need to know how to apply it to our life. But next week, we're going to talk a bit more about that second boss. Okay? How is he to work for? We're going to actually do a who, what, where, and why of Jesus as your boss himself, okay? We're going to talk about the qualities and the reliability of him as your main boss and what you get from him to help you get through your day at at work. We're actually going to take a look at the 23rd Psalm to learn about that. Can you imagine that, the 23rd Psalm applying to your job? Wouldn't that be cool? We're going to do that next week here on the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, because that's what we do, is we take Scripture and make it applicable to your job, to improve your job, right? Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. We're going to have fun then. It's going to be cool. So see you then. See you then.